Hey, this is Always Ready Matt Cardona, the internet champion, a.k.a. the $1,000 Broski, a.k.a. the Michael Jordan of Wrestling Figure Collecting, the host of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and you're listening to Markin' Out. Wait a minute, are you serious, bro? That's still a show? This is Markin' Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Markin' Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. We Markin' Out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome to Markin' Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode Cinco Seis Trace 563. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you're already listening at MarkinOut.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all of the other places that you check out podcasts. Also, buy a t-shirt, Pro Wrestling Tees. Follow us on Twitter at MarkinOut. Follow us on Instagram at MarkinOut11. Make sure you like us on Facebook. And also, check out Manscaped where you can receive a discounted rate. But, in addition to all of that, my name is Dave. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at DavidPTDPT. Also check out Brandon at BTTG161 and Chris at Chris Dog. But I am here with the B to the G. Brandon, how are thee? I'm doing awesome as always. And yourself? Doing, uh, doing great. Doing great. I think how we should, uh, well, I was going to say, I think we should mention that Pro Wrestling Tees will have a sale coming up for Black Friday starting on the 23rd. Going all the way to the 29th, so definitely check that out. No code is necessary. As yeah, far as so, my uh, week goes, I didn't really do much. I made... Uh, cooking? I did. I made some sauce from scratch, and then I put that in a big ziti, and it was pretty damn good. Sauce it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How about yourself? Yeah, my week was uh, rocking and rolling, looking uh, potentially going into good old NYC tomorrow. So we shall see. Not too sure. May make a visit over to Chelsea Piers. For what? You know. Uh, just to meet up with a few friends and hang out a bit. You're not going to go on but Sunday to Brooklyn? Sunday to Brooklyn. Big Survivor no. Series pay-per-view. No, no, no. The Rock is heavily rumored. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. But talking about wrestling, this past week we had a ton of WWE releases. Um, really yeah. surprising. Yeah, and it caught us off guard, of course. Uh, I think the biggest name of the group being John Morrison, which I think, I mean, I, I feel like we could say both of us together wish that he was used more and perhaps a WWE champion by now. Yeah, unfortunately, it, I think that... Uh, after seeing him in Lucha Underground and how talented of a performer he was, even though in WWE it was obvious that he was very, very talented. Unfortunately, WWE with his current status, it looked like he was just going to be utilized as that uh, joke tag team character with The Miz. Um, it seemed like they were trying to grip to what 
was in the past but and also, just riot it. Sorry to cut you off there. I was a big fan of Ms. Morrison. I can't say that he was completely misused and mistreated in this run from WWE. He's a former WWE Tag Team Champion during this run. Many, yes. many, uh, well, not, I shouldn't say many, but uh, he has a few um, song releases that I thought were great. I thought but he was none of them pretty, are... pretty good here. I, the but thing he could have been not used gonna... more. But that's not going to get him to the top. Well, Being stuck, because he was obviously stuck in tag team... Jomo. I'm very curious if, to see where this like current character of John Morrison was going to be going, where he's like meditating backstage. I don't know. We'll never know now. I don't. I don't know. I I think that he was that they were the way that they were using him. It wasn't entertaining, but it was stuck in tag team Jomo, and we were never going to see Jomo break out as a single. But we had singles we, Jomo. We had him. Miz was in a off. championship role. Well. With a championship around his waist. We weren't going to see that, unfortunately. Other names but... on the list. We saw Hit Row. This was like releasing B-Fab a few weeks ago was really shocking. And then yeah. getting rid of all three of them this week was like mind-blowingly confusing. Yeah, they got rid of the entire Hit Row. Um, very surprising, especially they were drafted to to SmackDown. Um <laughs> They it's were so bizarre. Being utilized. There was like a thing. I believe it was last week when they did the thing with Jinder Mahal. Yeah. So it like it truly makes no sense. They they were like one of the most over groups in NXT. They get brought up to the main roster. People are are so pumped for it, and then released. And it's yeah clear that it's like these releases are not. It doesn't matter who you are in the roster. We saw that with Bray Wyatt. We saw that with Braun Strowman. But other names, literally one of my favorite wrestlers in current day wrestling, Tegan Knox. I'm like super disappointed about this one. Because I think I out know. of everybody, she, I think, really got ultimately screwed here. Yeah, I mean, she was a super, super fan favorite. And um, I, I really feel bad for her because every time it was her moment... It, she ended up suffering an injury. But that's like um, way behind already. Like she got injured yeah. in the May Young Classic. She came back from that. She got injured again, came back from that. And then eventually gets to the main roster with Shotzi Blackheart. They have three victories over Natalia and Tamina when they were champions and did not receive a title shot. They didn't. WWE did, didn't care. It made no sense. for To me, I thought for sure Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox were going to be the next women's tag team champions. And they never even got a title shot. No, it, it just shows you how confusing and how confused booking and creative with the storyline and everything really are and are going to be. Because it's like they don't. There, there's no continuation to any storylines currently, which is really bothersome. You, you, you have the people... last time with the releases with Malachi Black, Alistair Black. He was literally he returned on SmackDown, attacked Big <laughs> E, and then was gone. Then yeah, there it are. There, really... It makes no sense. Not at all. Drake um, Maverick was also released, and uh, he put out 
another video that starts similarly to how his previous video after his release was. I thought this was fantastic. If you have not seen this, I think you need to check it out. John Cena put it yeah, over. Yeah, it turns into Yeah, it turns into this entire motivational aspect where he's like talking to himself to be like, "Hey, get up. You deserve more." And how you got into this to become to achieve your dream, which was not to wrestle for WWE, it was to become a pro wrestler. I wonder at what and, point he recorded this video because this was like ready to go. Yeah, this seems like it's. It, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it. I'm like, he definitely had this pre-recorded for a few weeks because the editing skills that went into this and everything, it it was really detailed. But Maverick, one of the best characters in recent history, even he was just one. He won the twenty four seven championship last week. So yeah, Shane Thorne also on that list. That's somebody who I think I uh, was used a lot less than they could have been. I was a yeah, big fan I mean, of TM six one. I was a big fan of Shane Thorne, and I was happy to yeah. see him get used when they were using him. Unfortunately, WWE is had no use for him outside of this awful gimmick that they stuck him with. It's super weird still to me that when he disappeared from Monday Night Raw, when he was teaming with Duke Hudson, with MVP as their manager, that just like went away poof, and then the Hurt Business was born, basically. And They're then post, that they don't care. Yeah, and then post-retribution, I, I really just, I didn't get how they wouldn't use him. And the final name that was released, Jackson Riker, I think that seemed like a long time coming. Um, I don't ever want to root for somebody to get released, but that just seemed like a, a no-brainer that they were... Because he, he was not being used at all. Yeah. He had that storyline with Elias. I have no idea where Elias is. Elias was dead. No idea there's what that storyline is. I know. But moving on to actual professional wrestling, last week they had Tribute to the Troops, or this week I should say, they had Tribute to the Troops. Uh, it opened up, Lillian Garcia sang the Star Spangled Banner, which uh, this was, by the way, filmed at a SmackDown taping in October. 2020 was obviously not at a military base for obvious reasons, it was at the Performance Center. But this year was also not filmed. I, I didn't understand that, I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't. I still, maybe it's like because of COVID, they didn't do it at a, a military base. So hopefully hmm. next year I'm, it will be. Cause it's been like all the way from the start, it's been on a military base and they've had super cool setups for each tribute to the troops. So I'm just looking yeah, forward I wonder to if that's something like that. With the yeah. COVID restrictions, but biggie picked up the victory over Dolph Ziggler to retain the championship. And I know that we've seen Big E versus Dolph Ziggler before, but it's been a while since we've seen them one-on-one. -on -one. And I think it's always cool to see them wrestle, given that Big E's start in WWE on the main roster was with Dolph Ziggler. So that's always cool. Robert Roode attacked Big E afterwards, and Big E came out on top. We saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Liv Morgan. Not much took place in this match. I thought it was a decent match, though. And then the main event saw Roman Reigns pick up the victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura, I don't really think, I understand this is like a, a fun show or whatnot. Not really having a great IC title run. No, it, unfortunately. The Usos came out and attacked Rick Boogs and Nakamura went after them. 
And that led to the end of the match. Roman Reigns took advantage of that, picked up that victory. Like I said before, hopefully next year we'll be better. I hope so. I think that the crowd really makes an impact with all that. Yeah. I mean, they gave out American flags to wave around, but... Mm-hmm. But that is tribute to the troops moving over to Monday Night Raw. Okay, come on. Monday Night Nitro. Biggie opens the show speaking about Survivor Series and how it was supposed to be champion versus champion. <coughs> but because he put really his hands on New Day... Uh, because Roman Reigns put his hands on the New Day. Roman Reigns is going to really pay. And he switched his focus to Kevin Owens, called Kevin Owens out. Kevin Owens came out and said that he's going to beat everyone up, and everything that happens is because of Big E. Kevin Owens leaves. Big E goes after him, but the Usos jump him from behind. They trash talk RK-Bro. Riddle runs down, makes the save. And then Sonya Deville comes out, makes a tag team match. Uh, and Seth Rollins came out for it. Biggie and Matt Riddle pick up the victory over the Usos via disqualification because Seth Rollins attacked Biggie. The heels take over, and Randy Orton runs down, eventually makes the save, hits an RKO on one of the Usos, leading into a six-man tag match where Seth Rollins and the Usos picked up the victory over RK Bro and Big E. I could have done without this. Thank you. I agree. I I don't I don't like it when it's one match or one segment leading into the match leading into something else. I don't always have a problem with that. Today for or for Monday Night Raw, that was could have done without. I don't know. Sometimes it seems like lazy booking to me. Yeah. You know, where where you Here just it have is. a tag team match or you have the save. It gets made into a tag team. And then you have another save. It gets made into a triple. Like you, it's a, it's a. For me, it's a waste of a half hour to an hour. But sometimes it's done right. This wasn't one of those times. Seth Rollins wins with a quick pin on Riddle, and then afterwards the Usos went to attack Riddle, but Orton made the save. Biggie hits the big ending on one of the Usos to send a message to Roman Reigns. Later on, Randy Orton yelled at Riddle for going out to even help Biggie. I don't know how Riddle keeps a straight face during that. Like, he's ordering laid into him. Yeah. Like, his veins were ready to burst. We saw Bianca Belair interviewed about Dewdrop, and she said she's down to face Dewdrop. Tamina randomly cut it off and said that Bianca Belair is her business for Monday Night Raw. And then Bianca Belair went on to defeat Tamina, and I feel like nothing really happened in this match either, and for me, it was an obvious outcome. They made it seem yeah. like Bianca Belair hitting the KOD on Tamina was a huge thing. But we've seen her hit it on two people at one time. So I uh, know it's not it's not the same. But Dewdrop came out afterwards and said that after Survivor Series, she'll be looking for Bianca Belair. The next segment we saw Becky Lynch addressing addressing Charlotte Flair and Survivor Series. And Liv Morgan came out and Becky Lynch brought up how when she left for her pregnancy, she told Liv Morgan that when she comes back, Liv will be champion. And then said it's not Liv's fault that she's not champion already and that she's underperformed. And then... Yeah, 
Becky this, Lynch eventually uh, goes to um, hit her with a manhandle slam, but Liv Morgan reverses it with that Eddie Guerrero rock bottom reversal. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought this entire segment was pretty hot. You know, I think Liv Morgan held her own on the mic versus Becky Lynch. I like that. So we are just talking about storylines not carrying over. You had this interview with Liv Morgan from, I believe it was three months ago. Yeah. And and her saying how, uh, right? Was it three months ago? I, it might have been three months ago. I'm not sure. I feel like it was. I feel like it was three months ago, and she was saying all of that stuff. But that goes and back then, even further. That goes back to when Becky Lynch left. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. So it may, it may have been six months, but even still, no, how I, she said all that on the mic. Not that much because it was when. Uh, so then I have a feeling that it said three on the screen. It might have been three. Yeah, I feel like it said three months, but I thought that she held her own in there. But Becky Lynch really going that heel aspect with the, well, now that I said that you should, we could become champion while I'm gone. But now that the man is back, you're not going to do it. And and the crowd loved Liv Morgan, really supported her. And it's like. The other week when I said, do I see Liv Morgan actually becoming the champion? Not really, but I really do hope she will. I hope so, too. I need and something different. when I say different. not the champion, I mean, like, not directly after Becky Lynch. But I would be so much of a fan of that. I could see Becky putting her over. Um, hopefully, Liv Morgan does do this. If not, it's going to be one of those, like, mutual respect kind of a deal after the match where Becky shakes Liv Morgan's hand. Um I was I wasn't expecting that the reversal of the rock bottom too. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that for a moment. I was just like, "Oh, damn it!" Like <laughs> I I don't believe that Liv Morgan's gonna take this from Becky Lynch, and that kind of ruins everything for me. And then she reversed. And I'm like, "This is awesome. Okay, cool." Yeah. Oh, I was also I also was getting worried because I thought that they weren't gonna show Liv Morgan with the championship. Oh, like you know, like it started to drag a little bit. Yeah, and I was just like. I was expecting them to cut to commercial very shortly. And I'm like, oh, damn. Is she? The championship is right behind her. Come on. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Turn around. Just pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. And because I'm anticipating the commercial break happening, happening, happening. And then she finally spun around. And I'm like, okay, we still have time on the clock. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. Um, moving on. Next, we had the Street Profits pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. Um. Yeah, it was a good match. Alpha, Alpha Academy, Academy controlled like, most of this. Yeah, definitely. But Chad Gable yeah, hit that crossbody from the top rope on Montez Ford. Montez rolled through and pinned Chad Gable. I yeah, want more, it, more victories for Chad Gable, damn it. Uh, I know, I know. Next up, you had Queen Zelina pick up the victory over Nikki A.S.H., um, mm. Queen Zelina, I dig it. I like the gimmick change for her. Yeah, I like think? the gimmick change. The match itself, though. Yeah. Uh, wasn't a fan of the match. I like the, the springboard code red or whatever you would call that code red that mm-hmm. she did. It leads into Rhea Ripley picking up the victory over Carmella. I, these two matches were just like, eh. Yeah. Ripley wins with the Riptide. Fans, I think, were pretty much dead silent for both matches. Yeah, this was 
both of these were not matches that I was really into. And this goes back to my entire thing that I didn't like before. A match going into the match. This led right into the other match. And it that was... I don't mind, though. Here, in that in this case, I wouldn't mind it, but they just meant nothing. I don't yeah. know why we can't get matches that we see on NXT on Raw and SmackDown. Know. Obviously, they're telling us that NXT doesn't matter to them. Right. You know, I, I, I'm really, I really don't think NXT is nothing to them. I expect them to, unfortunately, I could see them releasing people like Gargano, Champa, uh, all these um, smaller guys that put on the five, the really amazing matches on NXT. I could see them not lasting with WWE right now, which sucks because it's like NXT has been built up so well and they are just dropping all of them. Yeah, but Zelina Vega grabbed the microphone afterwards and said Carmella will lead. I think she said Carmella will lead the Survivor Series team to victory. Meanwhile, Nikki A.S.H. is just going to be sitting at home because she's not booked. Even though she was just in this match. Not but Survivor Series, she's not booked. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, After that, it was originally supposed to be Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, but it got changed to Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens. Um... Adam Pierce warned Big E not to get involved in that match. So, and I'm almost certain he threatened Big E with Brock Lesnar. But the actual match goes on. Kevin Owens picks up the victory over Finn Balor. Uh, I thought this was going to be the main I, event. I thought it was going to be the main event too. And unfortunately, I wasn't. I couldn't get into this match. Wow. It's I'm w- complete opposite. I thought this was a good match. I think I they always get... they both always go out and have fun matches, and I thought I, w- I for me I wished it was longer. Yeah, and kudos to Kevin Owens for pulling out some moves that we didn't we we don't see most of these moves these days. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, a match that for me didn't really connect. Again, uh, AJ Styles and Amos picked up the victory over the Dirty Dogs. This stemmed from their tag match last week, and everything falling apart for them, but. I did not think the Dirty Dogs were walking out of this as the victors. I definitely did. I was surprised by that, too. Uh, Earlier in the night, though, Rey Mysterio confronted Adam Pearce about what happened to Dominic last week and then questioned Adam Pearce whether or not he's a man of his word. And then Adam Pearce puts Rey Mysterio in a match against Lashley. That turns out to be the main event. Lashley picks up the victory over Rey. They had Rey Mysterio come out, go to commercial. They had Bobby Lashley come out, then go back to commercial. It was like a wasted 10 minutes there. I know. Did did this have main event vibes to you? Because it no. didn't for me. No. This was like the, the 9 o'clock hour. Dude, they got with... like three minutes into the match and went to another commercial. Yeah, it was that was, the three minutes. It wasn't enough time for me to even care about the match, which I did not care about the match. It was fifteen minutes of Bobby Lashley destroying Rey Mysterio until Rey had a quick comeback towards the end. He hit the the two six one nines and then a splash. Yeah, and then loses to the Hurt Lock. Adam Pierce came out afterwards and took Rey Mysterio off the Survivor Series team. I thought that was going to be the finish of Monday Night Raw, but Austin Theory comes out, attacks Dominic, 
and Adam Pierce puts him on the team. It, it, Nothing about this screamed go home to Survivor Series to me. Like, obviously the stuff at the, the start with the Usos showing up. Yeah. But outside of that, but not at all. It. No, none of this was Survivor Series worthy. The end of the match with Austin Theory, it... I don't know. It didn't seem like the uh, to the crowd it was anything. Like to me, it seemed like the crowd didn't care that it was Austin Theory. No, and it just seemed forced to use him with this in this role. Like he I, just I'm not, came out. I'm not disappointed it, that he's in this, but not disappointed. But it's just random. He just comes out, attacks, and then oh, you know well, what? I mean, he's been going at the Mysterios also. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan, but let's move on to some NXT talk. It opens up Tony D'Angelo picking up the victory over Dexter Loomis. And I have no idea why they even set this match up. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, why did, why are they turning Tony D'Angelo heel? People were like, oh, he's already a heel. I'm like, brother. Yeah. He's the most, one of the most cheered people in NXT right now. Yeah. I totally agree with them. Sorry. He's not a, a face. He was literally one of the most cheered people in NXT. Yeah, but even he if was he's doing cheered, face things. Yeah, but if he's cheered, that doesn't mean. But he was doing that things that were, were of the character of a face. Yeah, but just because he he's gets, talking about being in the mafia, basically. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't see him as a face at all. That if anything, no you sense. can call him a. You no, can call it not a, at all. I will not forth, use the but, word tweener with that. He was dude, a, for me. He was a clear cut face, and now it's just. It makes no sense. He's clearly a heel now. How is a mafia guy going to be face? How not? Dude, he, it's okay that he gets cheered, but he heels get cheered. It's okay now. But that he, those, he was doing face things. The way know, he was dude, wrestling even was wrestling face. of the style of a face. There's no way to say he wasn't wrestling in the style of a face. Dude, he tried to bribe the referee. Yeah, that was funny. What do you mean? <laughs> That's not heel? <laughs> what do you mean? Eddie Guerrero used to do stuff like that. When he was a... No, Eddie Guerrero was a face and used to lie, cheat, and steal as well, so... Million Dollar Man? Don't think so. Yeah, Million Dollar Man, whatever. <laughs> Cameron Grimes, I'm sure he tried to bribe a referee once, didn't he? Maybe, I don't, I don't know. know. I disagree. But, but Tony D'Angelo took the easel that Loomis had ringside, puts it in the ring, which distracts the referee, and then Tony was able to get a thumb to Dexter Loomis's eyes and then pick up that victory. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes showed up. They took Dexter Loomis out after the match. They smashed his arm in a chair. Johnny Gargano ran down too late and then calls them back out for a match. Pete Dunne shows up instead. And told Johnny Gargano that the North American Championship is his to get, not Johnny Gargano's. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams showed up up in the rafters. They, uh, uh, Carmelo Hayes put himself over as the leader of the new school. The A champion, Pete Dunne, told him to shut up because they're the same age. Plus, he has 10 more years of experience on Carmelo Hayes. And he already has a victory over Carmelo Hayes. And... Hayes basically said that both of them can get their their North American Championship title shot next week on NXT. Which should be a really awesome match. It could be Johnny's last hurrah. Ooh, you think so? I hope not. 
You think so? I hope not. Hmm. After that, yeah. we saw L.A. Knight speak about Grayson Waller in a video package uh, and said that he doesn't need the fancy watch or the fancy clothing to be better than him. After mm. that, we saw Joe, Gace, Joe Gacy approach Diamond Mine before their match. Malcolm Bivens told him that he can pay to try out for the group, and Joe Gacy seemed to like that. Yeah, he definitely should do it. But Get in on that. It was like 800 bucks or something. Should we do it? <laughs> uh, but uh, it leads into well, their Diamond Mines match. Odyssey Jones and Jack at Time pick up the victory over the Diamond Mine. Uh, Kushida put in some serious work into this match, but it was ultimately Odyssey Jones to win for the team. And he did Odyssey it by Jones pinning Roderick Strong. Awesome. Huh? He did it by pinning Roderick Strong. That's uh, quite the victory. Of course, Malcolm Bivens was distracting the referee, allowing Jack at time to take advantage of that. But yeah. I was hoping to see more of the Creed brothers in this match. So, um, yeah. After that, the grizzled young veterans were backstage FaceTiming with Zach Gibson's grandmother about being the tag team champions in NXT. They were using Toxic Attractions titles just to get money out of her, <laughs> which is like bizarre that they yeah, were trying not really to scam like his grandmother. I don't know. There's That's obviously not... something brewing here with the grizzled young veterans and Toxic, toxic Attraction, but yeah. I'm not sure what. And it's after gonna that, be interesting to see, though. Yeah. After that, we saw MSK still on their journey. They arrived in the city that they were su- supposed to be in. They're still waiting for the shaman, the master of tag teaming, and they end it by saying no more words. And they got rid of Jomo. Here, I'm thinking Jeff Hardy might become the NXT. Oh. Huh. I didn't think about that with the no more words. Perhaps. That's but, like, in the same sense, they're making all these weed references, so... I, yeah, I mean... Tag team wrestling? Rob Van Dam is also a, a multi-time tag team champion, I believe. So, hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. After that, Zion Quinn picked up the victory over Andre Chase. To me, I didn't buy... Zion Quinn not destroying Andre Chase. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't buy, buy it either. He finally no. gets the victory. Legato attacks him. He did get them backed up. And from behind, Santos Escobar attacked him. So thank God Escobar's back. I don't know where he's been, but I'm happy to see him that he's back. He's been hiding. And then Electra Lopez told Zion Quinn that nobody tells her no. And they threw him down to the ground. Not cool. After that, we had the poker showdown. <laughs> yeah, this you, you knew exactly what you were getting with this one. They're, they're actually playing poker. I guess they had a fixed deck or whatever. But they're playing poker. The pot gets up to $18,000. Duke Hudson was at 100% to win. And Cameron Grimes at 0% to win. Grimes ends up going all in. Duke Hudson falls. Therefore, Cameron Grimes won the poker showdown. And then Duke Hudson ends up attacking Cameron Grimes after he found out that he got played. 
and sent Cameron Grimes through the table with the power bomb, and then cut his freaking hair. So disrespectful. Cameron Grimes going the shortcut now. I mean, I don't know how short, but did I? In this whole segment, it's like, did I hate the segment? No. Did I enjoy it? No. Not quite. We could have done without it. Yeah. So, but that's like to me main roster esque. What may, what do you mean main roster esque? Like, like when I you? heard they announced this, I still even after watching this, it's just Scott Steiner and Triple H pose down. Oh, yeah. After that, though, we saw Kyle O'Reilly address Von Wagner, and he brought up how Wagner is now Adam Pierce's bodyguard on SmackDown. But it leads into their match, and they pick up the victory against Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Uh, not much really took place in this match either, but it was nice to see Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner team up and actually yeah. get that victory. Yeah, I'm. I was surprised. I like the teaming of them, so we'll see what happens. Though backstage, Imperium was watching, and they made fun of them, and uh, we'll see what what comes of that. Do I see Imperium dropping the titles to Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner? Um, <laughs> nice. I don't know. I don't think so. After that, lashing out with Lash Legend took place, and she focused on Kaylee Ray and how she cut off Toxic Attraction. Grayson Waller then cut her off to spill some tea, and he addressed what L.A. Knight said about him not paying his dues. And he basically says the line that is like the most relatable line in WWE right now, that boyhood dreams are dead in WWE. It's not about wins. It's not about losses. It This I don't really agree with, but it's about likes and followers. So now Grayson Waller is also, I mean, in my eyes, that kind of sounds like he's a heel. That sounds heel to me. So, but that boyhood dreams are dead in WWE line is very, yeah. very accurate. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time that... I feel like the only reason that he's even a thing is because of the HBK line. You know, the childhood dreams coming true, whatever it was. The boyhood dream. Yeah, boyhood dreams. I feel like that's the only reason why they even reference any of that anymore. Could be. But we saw Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada backstage, and Indy Hartwell was worried about Dexter Loomis, so Persia told her to go be with her husband. Husband? And uh, that she's got the match by herself. And then she went out there, picked up the victory over Gabby Stevens and Jenna Levy by herself. Robert Stone was looking on, but this match was all about Persia Parada's strength. We saw her carry both of them on her back for a Samoa drop. A Samoan drop, I mean. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan that they showcase her strength here. Yeah, I think that it's a great... I think it was a great opportunity to showcase her strength, too, and show what she really has. Yeah. Casey Lennox was one of the, the women in this match, and Valentina Rossi was the other one. Uh, Rossi trained by Dillinger and Breeze at Flatbacks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. After that, they aired a video package for Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. 
about going to EDM festivals and they want to bring that energy to NXT and I'm just no, they don't not have to, a though. fan of EDM. Like, I'm a huge fan of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. I hate EDM. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need the EDM. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, I can't even, like, I was going to say if they want to bring the energy, that's fine, but even their entrance the other week, the whole, like, rave gimmick, I'm like, ugh, I... I don't want that at all. I just picture uh, who's bar mitzvah. My my brother's bar mitzvah. When we were making a memory candle, <laughs> and the stupid glow stick blew up my face. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember those. Oh man. Yeah, but we don't need uh, anything with any of that at all. Yeah, I'm not an EDM guy, so I can't. No, I'm relate. more of an Eminem guy. I uh, I'm a huge fan of Eminem's. Yeah. Uh, we saw Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo, and he was backstage at first, putting himself over as the greatest champion of all time. And then he ends up going to the ring. He spoke about how he's a a champion, and he's the actual A champion, not Carmelo Hayes. He mentioned what Grayson Waller said on Lashing Out. He mentioned uh, Tony D'Angelo, and Braun Breaker cuts him off. And Breaker said that the only thing Champa should be worried about is him and that he's going to take that championship from him. Champa's like, I already beat you, brother. And then he drops the line that Braun Breaker's got less than a 33 and a third percent chance of taking that title from Champa. Which is a good uh, tie-in from TNA yeah, wrestling. Good little, good little throwback. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a, one of the biggest promos that everybody knows. Yeah. So. Main event, though, saw Raquel Gonzalez pick up the victory over Dakota Kai via disqualification. TMS was sitting ringside. That was pretty cool. Gold, Olympic, uh, I think she's a gold medalist. Right? That I'm not too sure. I think she won. Tamara? I'm not sure. She definitely had to have. They wouldn't have had her at WrestleMania if she didn't win gold, right? Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, so I don't the, know. If, the wrestler? If, yeah, so I don't know if she's yeah, going to yeah, end up getting medalist. signed or what, but that was cool. Yeah, gold medalist. The match I thought was really good, though. Dakota Kai used the exposed bottom turnbuckle to slam Raquel's shoulder into it. The same arm and shoulder that she'd do the powerbomb with as her finisher, so... She wasn't really able to do anything with that. But in the match, Dakota Kai grabs a shovel. Raquel Gonzalez knocks her down. The referee went to take it away. Raquel Gonzalez then grabs it. And Toxic Attraction attacks her. Cora Jade tried to make the save. They take her out. And Zoe Stark hobbles down out the entranceway. And Io Shirai runs down, grabbing one of her crutches, using the crutches... And Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, Io Shirai all came out on top. And that leads to Io Shirai yelling war games. And that's going to lead us right into the war game match. Yeah. But who will be the fourth woman? I think it's got to be Kaylee Ray. Um, It has to be. Kaylee Ray... Yeah. Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, Io Shirai versus Toxic Attraction, Dakota Kai. Yeah, that makes sense if it was him. No. Uh, her, sorry. <laughs> now I'm just disappointed yeah, that we don't have an outcome to 
Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. <sighs> I know. That's the... I don't know. It's it's annoying with all of that stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, that was NXT. Moving over to NXT UK. It kicked off with A-Kid picking up the victory over Sam Gradwell. Thought it was a good match. I really liked how Sam Gradwell locked A-Kid in a Boston Crab. It was like a... Almost like a catapult. But, like, he turns him over. And then A-Kid almost, like, catapulted himself into a pinfall to reverse that. I thought that was really cool. But Sam Gradwell gets out of a submission with maybe a one-armed back suplex of sorts. I don't know how to really describe it. But A-Kid eventually did make him tap out with the armbar. Later on, Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels came into Gradwell's locker room. They were still celebrating Noam Dar's NXT Heritage Cup victory. And Gradwell yelled at them, told them to leave. So maybe we'll get that as a match. We saw Aaliyah James pick up the victory over Nina Samuels. We saw the power of Nina Samuels in this. Always great to see. But at the end of the match, she goes for some sort of tilt-a-whirl move. And Aaliyah James reverses it into a small package pin to pick up that victory. And she was being interviewed afterwards backstage about her victory. And she was then attacked by Isla Dawn. So that'll be a match coming up. We saw Kenny Williams pick up a victory over Saxon Huxley. And I never, ever expect Huxley to lose. But Kenny Williams hid under the ring at one point. Pushed Huxley into the ring post outside of the ring, obviously. And then in the ring hit his finisher to pick up that victory. They showed footage from earlier in the day of Zaya Brookside arriving to the arena. And Ref Artemis showed up, told her she's late for training. And Brookside was like, I don't need to be in that class. I do classes by myself. Almost like she's too good to be in those classes. So we are starting to see some sort of a heel turn from Zaya Brookside. We've seen it in the past weeks. So once she's full-blown heel, maybe that's when she'll become champion. I don't know, because Mako Satamora right now is, in fact, the champion, and she is a face. So maybe they want a heel champion to defeat her for that. We saw Mark Andrews backstage speaking about his victory against Nathan Fraser, and he puts Nathan over, but gets cut off by Jordan Devlin, who told him to stop being so nice and stop talking about other people When you only get 30 seconds to put yourself over, put yourself over. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's going to be a match next week. And then the main event of NXT UK this week saw Tio Man and Rohan Raja pick up the victory over Gallus, which it seemed like Gallus had this match won. But from behind, Charlie Dempsey attacks Joe Coffey. That distracts Mark Coffey, who gets attacked. And then... Rohan and Teoman are able to hit their finishers on Wolfgang to pick up that victory. Dempsey continued the attack after the match. All three of them did. So he's now a heel, which was unexpected. And I thought it was a pretty good ending to NXT UK. And it'll help further establish Charlie Dempsey. I asked a few few weeks ago, where has Charlie Dempsey been? He was on, and then it's like here and there. But now he was on this week's episode clear-cut heel, and uh, I'm satisfied with that because I have high hopes for Dempsey. And if you're not watching NXT UK, you, sh- you really should be. But that was NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. 
Roman Reigns' throne ceremony kicked it off. The Usos opened it up to talk about what they did on Monday Night Raw with Big E and RK-Bro. They then brought out Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And Paul said that King doesn't belong to Xavier Woods. It doesn't belong to Brock Lesnar or even Big E. And then Roman Reigns asked whose idea this ceremony was. And he said that he doesn't need this stuff to be acknowledged. He took the crown because he can. Xavier Woods came out and said that none of the stuff that they had in the ring make Xavier Woods the king. He makes himself the king. Then he challenged Roman Reigns. Roman was like, you don't care about this stuff? So he had the Usos ruin the cape, the scepter, and the throne. And then he went to stomp on the crown. And right before he did... Xavier Woods ran into the ring only to be attacked by the Usos. Roman Reigns said that he is the only king there and he doesn't need props. So he stomped the crown. Later on, Xavier Woods was interviewed and he said that he was still planning to challenge Roman Reigns at the end of the night. First match of the evening saw Sheamus pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal, Cesaro, and Ricochet to get the Final spot on the Survivor Series team. It was a fun match. I liked how Ricochet took the bro kick from Sheamus. But we saw Ridge Holland come out. And he tried to take Cesaro out. With the stick gimmick. And Cesaro ducks it. Turns around right into a bro kick. Loses the match. After that, Natalia and Shayna Baszler got a super quick victory over Naomi and Aaliyah. The referee counted super fast, which is like really the only thing to mention from that match. After that, we saw Sami Zayn bring up his conspiracy documentary to Sonya Deville. And he mentioned Survivor Series and she brought up how it's the 25th anniversary of The Rock. So she's setting up a 25-man battle royal in honor of him. And Sami Zayn could win it and potentially, or potentially win it, and forever be associated with The Rock. But then Ref Aja approached Sonya Deville about the match that she just refereed. And Sonya put her down as just an NXT ref trying to make it on SmackDown. And said that she doesn't associate with crooked referees. So it was as if she didn't tell her to go out there and do that. Earlier in the night, Jeff Hardy was being interviewed about Survivor Series, which was cut off by Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Adam Pierce interrupted that and then said he wants SmackDown to win on Survivor Series. So he told Corbin to act like he's a member of the team. And he put Jeff Hardy in a match against Madcap Moss. Jeff Hardy picked up that victory. And um, Jeff, before that, said that since Corbin has Madcap in his corner, maybe he'll have somebody in his corner. Drew McIntyre came out. Corbin tried to get involved. Drew McIntyre takes him out. Madcap looked to take advantage of that. But Jeff Hardy rolled him up. Gets that victory. And then McIntyre took Corbin and Madcap out. Jeff Hardy ends the segment with the Swanton over Madcap. Nakamura picked up the victory over Angel Garza. Garza started that match off super hot by throwing his pants at Nakamura. Hitting a huge drop kick. Not much else took place though. Umberto Carrillo attacked Rick Boogs after the match, escaped. 
I'd like to see them win the tag team titles rather than feuding with a singles champion. I don't know if maybe we'll see Angel Garza become Intercontinental Champion over in this feud. I'm not opposed to it. I would just rather see Los Lotharios in a tag situation. Uh, also, WWE took their last names this past week. So it's just Umberto and Angel now. Backstage, Shotzi Blackheart and Sasha Banks are with Sonya Deville. And Sonya was telling them that she needs them both to be good for Survivor Series. But they went back and forth with comments. And she said that when their match is over tonight, she expects both of them to shake hands. Sasha Banks goes on to defeat Shotzi Blackheart. Thought it was a decent match, some iffy spots. But they were going shot for shot with each other. Had a bunch of reversals. Shotzi Blackheart at one point had Sasha Banks' arm and, I guess, hand inside the steel steps. Stomped it. Shotzi continued to work that the whole match. We saw Shotzi Blackheart hit the ball pit. Sasha Banks rolls out of the ring. They go back into the ring. Sasha Banks eventually rolls through a TKO or something and locks in the bank statement. And she used her leg instead of her arm, which I thought was really cool. And they did shake hands afterwards. Sasha Banks put her hand out. Shotzi Blackheart shook her hand. And then Sasha hit her with the backstabber. We had a video package for Zia Lee. This time it was in comic book form. It was kind of like the introduction of Tian Sha in NXT. Just a way different art style. Maybe mix in some Mulan here. Uh, but overall, I'm a big fan of Zia Lee, and I like a video package like that. I think it appeals a lot to a younger audience, perhaps. We saw Tony Storm interviewed backstage about Survivor Series and her stepping up to Charlotte last week. And she said that she's not afraid of Charlotte. She just wants a championship match. Flair showed up and said that after she proves herself over Becky Lynch, she'll give Tony Storm a shot. Just not a title shot. Just a normal match, I believe. Uh, And then King Woods went to the ring for Roman Reigns. And he said that Roman can't beat him on his own. Called him out. Roman came out. He did say he wants to do it on his own. So he told the Usos to stay back. But we saw the Usos get tossed out from from the backstage area. Big E showed up. Brawled with Roman Reigns. Xavier Woods joined in. The Usos recovered and went after New Day, but they also got taken out. Roman Reigns rocked Big E with a Superman punch and went for a spear, and Big E scooped him up for a big ending. Roman Reigns wiggled out of that and left. I think this was more so of a Survivor Series ending than Monday Night Raw was. So, that's SmackDown moving over to Survivor Series taking place this Sunday at Brooklyn's Barclays Center. They did not have a kickoff show match announced. I'm sure there will be one added. But for now, we have the 25-man Rock Battle Royal. No idea who's in it. Uh, I'm going to assume Sami Zayn does not win. So I, I can't even pick who will win this. But we have Damian Priest, the United States Champion, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, I have no idea where Damian Priest has been, but I'm going to say Damian Priest is going to be the one that pick up, picks up that victory there. 
RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle taking on the Usos, SmackDown champions versus Raw Tag Team champions. Gonna say RK Bro. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, SmackDown Women's Champion, Raw Women's Champion. Gonna say Becky Lynch. We got Big E, the WWE Champion, Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion. Gonna say Roman Reigns. And then Team Raw, we see Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Queen Zelina, and Carmella taking on Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Tony Storm, Natalia, and Shotzi Blackheart. I'm going to say Team Raw. And maybe that's what leads Liv Morgan to getting... A title shot, although I'd like to see Shayna Baszler like actually like destroy Team Raw, like that Elimination Chamber. Men's Survivor Series team: we have Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, and Kevin Owens taking on Team SmackDown: Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, King Woods, and Sheamus. Um. I'm going to say Team Raw? Perhaps. I don't know. That's Survivor Series. Going to take a quick little break right now. And hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, make sure Trevor looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 563. 
Remember to head over to manscaped.com, use that code regardless, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Uh, I don't think I have to talk about Rampage from last week because it led right into the pay-per-view AEW full gear taking place in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, it was a pretty pretty good pay-per-view. On the buy-in, we saw Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida pick up the victory over Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter. I thought it was a decent match. I liked Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa doing the stereo dropkick and knee strike against the ropes. Serena Deeb, though, is sitting ringside. Foreshadowing, man. Big time foreshadowing. She's sitting ringside. Uh, Vicky Guerrero hits Hikaru Shida with the kendo stick behind the referee's back. Nyla Rose, it was basically her match to win. But Hikaru Shida reversed the powerbomb, used the jackknife roll-up to, to pick up that victory for the team. But that's major foreshadowing for Dynamite, like I said. The actual card itself kicks off with MJF picking up the victory over Darby Allen. MJF pulling out moves I don't think we'd ever seen him done before. It was very refreshing. I, I The one thing in this that I, I really didn't like was the pin after pin gimmick. But I'm fine, whatever. That, you take that out of that. I'm, I was fine with the match. I liked it. Sean Spears and Wardlow came out. Sting takes them out with a baseball bat. Maybe a chair. I'm not sure if I remember that. But uh, MJF invited Darby Allen to whack him with the skateboard. Darby ends up giving it to the referee. And when the referee was clearing the ring, MJF uses the ring to knock him out. I did not expect MJF to win that. He Obviously, he cheated to win. But I'm very happy that MJF picked up that victory. After that, we saw the Lucha Bros retain uh, the AEW Tag Team Championships over FTR. The uh, the double fallaway slam that FTR did to Phoenix was cool. Onto Penta. Dash Wilder using the title, but uh, Phoenix still kicking out of that. Tully Blanchard, we see cheating this match in front of the referee's eyes. And the ref didn't do anything. The, the Lucha Bros paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero with the three amigos and a frog splash I thought was really nice. I did not like that FTR kept avoiding the rules because like they are known as like, hey, we're going to be the tag guys. Like I understand their heels, whatever. And I thought the ending was stupid. FTR put on a super honest mask and the referee couldn't tell Scott Dawson wasn't Dash Wilder via their body type, which made no sense to me. But that part, like, I understand the heel, like, we're heels, and I, I'm fine with that ending, but the overallness of it, I, eh. After that, Brian Danielson picked up the victory over Miro to become the number one contender. Brian, uh, he's been killing in his matches as of late. For me, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't a good match to me. I was bored with it. That led into Jurassic Express and Christian picking up the victory over the Elite in a false count anywhere match. I thought the step up Hurricane Rana that Jungle Boy did to Nick Jackson through a table was cool. But for a good chunk of this, I thought the faces looked bad. The heels looked bad at some point as well. Adam Cole, we saw him hit a Panama Sunrise off the entrance stage, which I thought was cool. 
the elite though, they they break out those thumbtack knee pads. They do the BTE trigger to Luchasaurus, the one guy wearing a protective mask on his face. Luchasaurus later in the match follows that spot up with a super cool shooting star press off the entrance ramp. Dumb setup. I hated that they all like sitting there gathering, waiting for him to jump off. Bunch of times in that match. I did not like that. I hate when they do that in professional wrestling. But Jungle Boy hits a concerto. That ties into the storyline on one of the Young Bucks and picks up the victory there. After that, we saw Cody Rhodes and Pack pick up the victory over Malachi Black and Andrade. Um, I understand Cody and Pack tagging themselves in and not wanting the other to be in the ring, but I didn't understand Andrade and Malachi Black doing it. That didn't make sense because they were they were the ones that were like on the same team. They got along. Cody and Pack did not. But we saw Malachi Black at one point pull uh, Cody into the way of Pac's dive. Wasn't a factor in the match. So I don't understand why that happened. I guess maybe we'll see Cody versus Pac at some point. Maybe that'll happen next week's... uh, We'll see furthering of that next week's Dynamite. But FTR attacked Cody Rhodes afterwards. And uh, I'll talk more about that for Dynamite. Britt Baker picked up the victory over Ty Conti to retain the AEW Women's Championship. And I I really, I appreciate this match for what it was, but like that last match, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was pay-per-view caliber. Rebel and Jamie Hayter got involved. Britt Baker hits a curb stomp onto the steel steps. Not sure why the referee needed to be distracted for that. But... I uh, I did in some points. I thought there were some spots that looked like Ty Conti could have won this. But ultimately, there was no way Ty Conti was winning this. CM Punk picking up the victory over Eddie Kingston. This match, man, right off the bat. Uh, Eddie Kingston hitting that, that reverse arm to CM Punk, knocking him down. CM Punk, also I have to add, chose boxers for this match, which was bizarre. But the match, it was very intense. CM Punk poorly hit John Cena's comeback shoulders and then followed up with a proto-bomb. Teased a five-knuckle shuffle but hit a GTS. Followed by a bunch of knees. Picked Eddie Kingston up, hit another GTS. The ending for me kind of fell flat, but the match, how intense it was, I thought it was pretty cool. After that... The Inner Circle picked up the victory over Men of the Year and America Top Team in a street fight. Baron Von Raschke was ringside randomly for this. So right off the bat, I was hoping he would like lock the claw on uh, Dan Lambert. But this match, man, this match was way too long. It began where they started out tagging in and out in a street fight, which was bizarre to me. And then finally, Ethan Page uses a hockey stick. It stops for a bit. And then it picks back up with the weapons to where I can almost say that it looked like maybe they thought it, they forgot it was a street fight. It was so weird to me. Tony Schiavone ends up explaining the reason why it was a Minneapolis street fight, which I appreciate. 
Most of the weapons here were tied or, or tied to or invented in Minneapolis or Minnesota as a whole. The street fight, though, aspect, I thought it was terrible. The MMA, the MMA guys, I thought, held mostly held their own. We did see Baron Von Raschke lock Ethan Page in the claw, which I popped for. Jericho paid respect to Eddie Guerrero. He ended the match with a frog splash. The match was too long. I don't know why this was like a 20-something minute match between guys who were not known for professional wrestling. So, after that, Tony Schiavone introduced Jay Lethal. He's now signed with AEW. He challenged Sammy Guevara to a match for the TNT Championship on Dynamite, and that match did take place. Main event. After that, Adam Page picked up the victory over Kenny Omega to become the new AEW Champion. I thought it was a decent match. I liked the springboard powerbomb that Kenny did. The the buckshot tease into the V-trigger. The V-trigger tease also I thought was good. Adam Page ends up hitting the lariat. Hits the referee. Don Callis gets into the ring. Adam Page hits Deadshot. Not Deadshot. Deadeye on Kenny Omega. Omega still kicks out of that. The Young Bucks limp out. Hangman. Use the one-winged angel. Hits the buckshot lariat back-to-back. First to the back of Kenny Omega, then to the front of Kenny Omega. The Bucks maybe seemed like they somewhat approved of the lariats. Did they need to be ringside for this? Mm. It kind of seemed like a 2K WWE video game with the with the way the, set, the setup was where Matt Jackson slowly walk to the other side of the ring when Hangman was hitting the other lariat. But taking that out of the the match itself, I thought it was pretty good. Dark Order came out, celebrated with Hangman Adam Page to solidify himself as champion. AEW Dynamite then opens up with the elite Kenny Omega, super depressed sounding. Said he has to fix a few things, needs a change. Adam Cole assumed he was talking to him when he asked about holding down the fort. And he's like, oh, I was uh, actually talking about the uh, Young Bucks. So maybe that's the planting of seeds for Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole. Perhaps a fight for the leader of the elite when Kenny Omega gets back, whenever that may be. But it opens up in the ring with Adam Page's celebration Johnny Silver the Dark Order introduce him he comes out Adam Page goes to address Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson and Brian Danielson comes out congratulates him but said that he's a bit disappointed that it's not Kenny Omega across the ring from him he wanted Kenny Omega as champion versus Brian Danielson Then uh, Brian Danielson mentioned how he wrestled the very next day after he won the championship at WrestleMania. People booed it. Adam Page agrees to a match with Daniel Bryan. Bryan's like, nah, you're not ready. I don't want that excuse where if I beat you, you say you weren't ready. Then they get into each other's faces. The Dark Order breaks it up. They eventually brawl a little bit. This, for me, I think was the most WWE segment I think we've ever seen in AEW. 
I'm not disappointed with that. I really like this segment. After that, though, Daniel Bryan picked up the victory over Evil Uno, which I guess Bryan Danielson's all of a sudden a heel. I think that promo really solidified it, which is just super random. The match itself wasn't really into. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, out of all of this, I guess I could say that I liked that he locked the, the triangle choke. Used that to pick up the victory. And Evil Uno was out as soon as he locked it in. Tony Schiavone interviewed Brian Danielson afterwards. He took the microphone, so he is in fact a heel. He said that until he fights Adam Page, he's taken out the whole Dark Order. They're in Chicago next week, so he challenged Cole Cabana to a match. Uh, coming up, December 8th at UBS Arena. I'm hoping for Daniel Brian Danielson versus Alex Reynolds or John Silver. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that, so that'd be cool. Tony Schiavone also goes to interview Eddie Kingston, but 2.0 and Daniel Garcia cut it off. They get into a little bit of a a word match back and forth. Eddie Kingston starts to shove him. They leave. He's done with interviews. He's fed up. He leaves. After that, Ishii and Orange Cassidy pick up the victory over the Butcher and the Blade. I thought it was really cool seeing Ishii wrestling on American TV. They were... By the way, pronouncing his name, uh, Ishii, I don't think I've ever heard that outside of like the videos of Americans talking about Ishii. I went back and watched a lot of New Japan announcings and stuff like that. I've not heard Ishii at all, so that confused me. Uh, But Rocky Romero prevented the Blade from using the brass knucks in this. Ishii, we see him hit a brain buster to pick up the victory. The match, I thought, could have been better. I thought it was weird that the referee was distracted by the bunny and not Matt Hardy. It was like the same spot. It didn't make sense to me. But, like I said, really cool seeing Ishii on American TV. Tony Schiavone interviewed FTR and Andrade after that. Andrade said that he's proved that he's a better wrestler than both Cody Rhodes and Pac. Dash Wilder mentioned that they were robbed at full gear as he wasn't the legal man to take the pinfall. And then he pitched Cody Rhodes, Pac, and Lucha Bros versus Malachi Black, Andrade, and then FTR. Next week, that's taking place. Tony Schiavone also interviewed Britt Baker and Baker said that she's getting exhausted carrying the whole division So she's going to be focusing all her attention on Jamie Hayter winning the TBS title. I would be shocked if Thunder Rosa lost to Jamie Hayter, though. I definitely see Thunder Rosa in the finals. Hopefully that takes place. But the TBS title tournament rolled on with this match. Nyla Rose picking up the victory over Hikaru Shida. Started off a little shaky. Like at the pay-per-view, we saw Vicky Guerrero go to hit Hikaru Shida with the kendo stick. Shida catches it this time, hits Vicky Guerrero with it, and Serena Deeb from behind. The referee's back. Serena Deeb shows up, takes out Hikaru Shida's knee. And off of that, Nyla Rose used the stretch muffler, tapped uh, Shida out. Very disappointed in that, but now that leaves Hikaru Shida being able to go after Britt Baker and not having to deal with the TBS title. 
The one thing I didn't like in this match was Hikaru Shida using the triangle choke because we saw Brian Danielson win his match with that. So I think people need to watch out doing certain moves. Don't try to finish a match with something that was already used as a finish. After that, MJF came out, called himself the most complete pro wrestler. Mentioned how in 2024, when his contract's up, he'll start the the biggest bidding war in professional wrestling history. He mentioned that he deserves to be the next AEW champion and that nobody is as good as him. And then CM Punk comes out. MJF goes to shake his hand and CM Punk walks off. I know a lot of people are happy for this match going to be taking place. I'm hoping for UBS Arena. Why wouldn't I? I'm going to be there. CM Punk uh, walks off. That's kind of uh, disrespectful. But uh, I don't see him turning heel. After that, Tony Schiavone interviewed Darby Allin. Darby Allin said he'll get a rematch with MJF at some point. And then Billy Gunn cut this off and accepted a challenge from Darby Allin. So that's going to be taking place on Rampage. I'll talk about that next week. We see the Elite mentioning that the Bucks aren't cleared. But Adam Cole is, and they want Jurassic Express on Rampage. That sets up Adam Cole teaming with Bobby Fish. Like I said last week, I would have preferred to see Undisputed Era not a thing in AEW, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that match. The main event, or not the main event, we saw Leo Rush and Dante Martin pick up the victory over the Acclaimed, which was a really fun match. I really, really, really like the teaming of Leo Rush and Dante Martin. Once Darius is back uh, and like cleared to wrestle again, I think it might be really difficult to see where they go with him. Because like Dante has been absolutely killing it by himself. And when Darius comes back, do I want to see him tagging with Dante? Definitely. But Dante Martin has been absolutely killing it on his own. As far as the match goes, I like that hot tag spot that Martin did off of the Acclaim's back. Uh, It's just overall, it was a really good match. Team Taz came out afterwards. Taz really wants Dante Martin and Team Taz. He doesn't want Leo Rush. And I hope that he doesn't end up joining Team Taz. I don't really see that happening anyway. Main event saw Sammy Guevara pick up the victory over Jay Lethal to retain the TNT Championship. Tony Nese was ringside, so I'm like gung-ho on Tony Nese being a, uh, the, the next TNT Champion. 100%. Tony Nese is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, I feel like a lot of this was Sammy's ribs hurting and him not being able to do anything, though. Like, he wasn't able to pick Jay Lethal up. At some points, he did a swanton to the outside of the the ring, ends up going through a table by himself, finally gets Jay Lethal up, hits the GTH, picks up that victory. The inner circle came out to support him afterwards and celebrate, and that closes Dynamite. For me, this was a, a very, even from that start, where like I said with Brian Danielson, It was a very WWE episode of Dynamite, which was uh, welcomed for me. But that is AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, do you have any shout-outs?
screw you guys. I'm listening to Brandon Shoutouts. Oh, well, gee, Eric, I don't think that's a great thing to do. Hey, respect my authority. The first shout out goes to Red Notice, which is a new movie on Netflix. Came out starring The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. The Rock plays an FBI agent who teams up with Ryan Reynolds, who is an art thief. And they need to catch Gal Gadot, who's also an art thief. Um, critics tore this movie apart. But I, I really enjoyed it. It sounds like um, uh, it was similar to National Treasure. Yeah, a little bit, a little, little bit. I'm thinking about the other, another movie too with Michael Caine and Steve Martin. I'm not. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, it sounds a little bit like that too with a bunch of con people and the involvement of theft. But I'm having a feeling this is not comedy at all, right? It's a hundred percent comedy. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh, think it so was going to be as as funny as a movie that it, as it was, but yeah, it's. I would say it's a comedy. That's. It's not right. like a, a Steve Martin comedy or something like that, but. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm. I'd hope for a sequel. I think it was like the biggest, like most watched Netflix movie on an opening night. Hmm. Or something like that. So I'm looking forward if they do Red Notice two or something. I think The Rock. It was a typical buddy cop movie, basically. Uh huh. Even though they weren't cops or whatnot. Yeah. Next shout out though goes to Thanksgiving. It's coming up next week. And last year I did not get to enjoy Thanksgiving because I had COVID and I literally couldn't really taste. So I'm pumped for everything this year. What are you most pumped to eat? Well, well, okay. So I call it stuffing. I guess technically it would be dressing because it's not going to be made inside the bird. Okay. But I plan to make that. Myself, I plan to make green bean casserole by myself, like the whole kit and caboodle. Like I'm going starting from the scratch with the mushrooms, making a mushroom Yo, you, soup. You got you got to share this one on our Instagram at Mark and Out Eleven to show all of these uh, listeners exactly what you're cooking up. If if I share it on Instagram, you can see it on BTTG one six one. Yeah, yeah, but Mark and Out Eleven, you can repost sure. it from Mark and Out Eleven. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I'm just overall looking forward to ultimately Thanksgiving for me is just a plate of stuffing. So yeah, Brandon's just looking forward to finally tasting his food again. Yeah, it's been a long year, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long year for no uh, with that COVID stuff. Yeah, but uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Anything fun? Uh, Yeah, gonna go head over to my grandpa gonna go see my grandpa he is turning 99 next year oh wow yeah so gonna go spend some time with him and in addition to that let's see not sure what else i think that may be it well another yeah another shout out for the 25th anniversary of the rock goes to the rock versus chris jericho For the WCW Championship on Monday Night Raw, which took place on November 5th in 2001 at the Nassau Coliseum, Chris Jericho was champion. The Rock took the championship from him. I have very little memories of this match. I know for a fact that you and I went to that show together, and the only reason why I know that is because of the memory of Brock Lesnar defeating Crash Holly, which we discussed the other week. And that's the only thing that sticks out to me. Like, bits and pieces of this match stick out to me. 
I don't know. I feel like I remember seeing Chris Jericho, but I don't remember. I remember going to one event where he had to face a bunch of people. Who? Jericho. Oh, I don't remember that. Well, I, I probably wasn't there for that, for sure. It was kind of like a gauntlet, I feel. The I know in May when, in, in 2001, you and I both happened to be there, but mm-hmm. we didn't go together. That was when Mick Foley came to plug his book. And then the main event, I remember Chris Jericho versus William Regal in the cage match. Yeah, that would, I remember that match. At least I think it was a cage match. Yeah, it, it I, was I mean, a cage I think match. it was the main event. I, I was there was no doubt that it wasn't a cage match. I that it was a cage match. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So shout out to that, and those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. our... is right our mark out moment of the week uh after we recorded last week i was watching grumpier old men and first of all that and the first one grumpy old men two of my favorite movies oh i'm a huge fan of the movies but i have not seen it in years and i popped at them watching wcw in it they showed the the nasty boys in that and it's like i'll probably forget that the nasty boys are in it the next time i see it as well <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't remember funny. the Nasty Boys in there. They, like they're not physically in it; they're in the TV. Walter Matthau's watching it on the the small TV. I don't remember the that. But Jack Lemon is incredible in that yeah. too. That's like yeah. I saw. Uh, what was the? Hmm. Did they have? Uh, I think they had a, a newer Odd Couple movie between the two of them. Yeah, I definitely saw that one in theaters. Uh, Wait, with Jack Lemmon in them? Yeah, Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau. Yeah, that was back in... That wasn't really new. What do you mean? That was back in the late 60s. No, 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 no. There was there was definitely a, a newer... <laughs> yeah, I just pulled it up. Yeah. They didn't oh, have... they had the... They had the odd couple, too. Yeah, so in then... In 1998. That's, yeah, in 1998. Yeah, the original The Odd Couple with the both of them... Was it 1968? Right, yeah. So I definitely saw that I wasn't alive for 68. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I was. I remember. So yeah, if you no, wanted, I definitely I... remember seeing uh, The Odd Couple 2 in theaters. In theaters? Yeah. You saw it in one, more than one place? Yes, I saw it in multiple theaters. Well, I mean, you said theaters. Just wanted to make sure. Well, that's what people say. Think... They, they see the movie in theaters. They don't say in theater. You could say in a theater. You should definitely... If you like that, some like it hot. Yeah, some like it hot in the uh, the apartment with Jack Lemon. Those are two of my favorite movies of his. I can't go back too far. Why not? It's just like nineties uh, and up. I don't know. I'm a big fan of all of those old movies. You know, Jack Lemon, Tony Curtis, um, C- Cary Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, something for marking out, uh, Brian Danielson mentioning that he wrestled the night after WrestleMania 30 popped me. And I typically don't like WWE mentioned on AEW, but I think this one fit and it made sense and it wasn't like an unnecessary shot at WWE. Are you sure? Am I sure what? 
I don't know that it wasn't an unnecessary. Yeah, but because it, it wasn't it wasn't a shot at WWE though. He just mentioned it like mm-hmm. he, it was to further his storyline against Adam Page. Yeah. Uh, you got any markouts or no? Um, let's see. This week I did mark out for uh, just seeing again the Danhausen action figure from Zombie Sailor. Yeah, th- those uh, those look really good. Yeah, I, those look just insane. Not my um, cup of tea, but I think those look really good. They're like way yeah. better than Hasbro's would ever be. Oh yeah, the paint job and the details on them. Yeah. They they just look incredible. I feel like action figure wise, if I was to get anything, it would be more of a statue. Well, like the, you to know, me that's what a Hasbro is. I know they I don't move, know. Like but... you remember at Comic Con how they had like that rock set uh, statue? Uh, I don't remember oh, seeing yeah. a rock statue at Comic Con, but I know they have rock statues. I know they have Stone Cold statues. I've seen I mean, even uh, WWE, Jax used to put out, they had like Sabu, John Cena, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like I would rather have something like that where it would be cool, to, like really awesome to have up there. But yeah, these Hasbro's that they're putting out there are just in, well, well uh, Zombie Sailor. Yeah, yeah, not Hasbro's. <laughs> and the, the Zombie Sailors are just awesome and sick. Yeah. Everybody should definitely go buy all of them. Uh, also want to say Lin-Manuel Miranda was on The Tonight Show. And they spoke about The Rock and how he got the idea for his singing range for Moana. And he said that he would watch stuff where The Rock was singing on WWE. Huh. Although he said he was using a ukulele. But I don't remember The Rock ever using a uke on WWE TV. I feel like he has. He might have, but I just I don't I think- recall that. But I think I I think he has in like small uh, like a probably one segment maybe even backstage. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, I feel like I kind of feel like I remember like during that NWO era maybe. I'm not sure. Like I know I've seen him use a a uke, but I'm not sure if it was ever on WWE TV. But the yeah. the next I'm guest, just going to add something else. I was going to oh. follow it up. The next guest after Lin Manuel Miranda was Roman Reigns. Huh. So, like I said the other week when Bad Bunny was on The Tonight Show, I think it's always cool to hear Jimmy Fallon talk about WWE because he gets so into it. Yeah. Seth it's Myers, always cool to see wrestlers. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's always cool to see wrestlers appear on, like, the late night shows, too. Yeah. Seth Myers didn't really get into it much, though, because they had David Arquette on Late Night with Seth Myers to put over the Empire Circus that David Arquette is part of. He's the creative director, and I believe he's, like, huh. the owner. It's in That's Brooklyn. Interesting. Yeah, Brooklyn. It runs until January 30th. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster. And I don't know if he's always there, but he's been learning to clown. And huh. he has appeared there as a clown. He owns the rights to Bozo the Clown. I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, but they did eventually bring up wrestling. And he mentioned RJ City, and he apologized to RJ City for not getting him onto the show. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Yeah. But I'm what? also going to say that I marked out for uh, Taylor Swift on SNL. Oh, yeah? Doing, like, what? The she full, did, like, 10 the full minutes? 10 minutes, yeah. I don't yeah, know when totally... the last time an artist performed just one song. For And for 10 minutes. I don't know if anybody's ever performed for that long on SNL. Yeah, I'm not sure either. 
yeah, it was weird because like I was watching it and stuff and then I zoomed out a little bit and then I'm like, then I refocused to the TV. I'm like, holy crap, this, she's still going. This is huge. Yeah. And then I, ultimately, yeah. I guess the last uh, kind of mark out here is that 2K showed off a new trailer for WWE 2K22. They finally confirmed that GM mode is back, which I'm happy for everyone who's been asking for absolutely like almost a decade, perhaps maybe over a decade. I don't like GM mode, but congratulations to y'all who like it. Y'all did it. (laughs) It seems like Rey Mysterio is the showcase, which has me hoping for miracles like Chris Jericho, Hoovy, Psychosis, Billy Kidman, Conan, maybe even Big Show. Um, And even if they're not in there, at least we'd probably get Rey Mysterio's original original WWE theme song, which I was a big fan of. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. The next round of information that we'll get on that is is in January. Also in this trailer was a little clip of um, what looked to be perhaps Buddy Murphy. So there's hope hope that a bunch of these released wrestlers, there's a sign for Nia Jax in the crowd as well, but hopefully a bunch of those released wrestlers are in the game. Like maybe we'll see the Iconics. Maybe we'll see Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, The Fiend. We don't know. Yeah. Time will but tell. That is the mark out moment of the week. And that is episode 563 of Marking Out. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Marking Out, on Instagram at Marking Out 11, YouTube as well, Marking Out 11, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, Pro Wrestling slash Marking Out. There is a sale going on. Be sure to check that out. Um, Manscaped.com, get 20% off using the code regardless. And follow us. BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Sweendog at David PTDPT on Twitter and Instagram, MarkingOut.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and so much more. We wish you the the best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh.